Welcome to the Wealth and Purpose Podcast, where people who are led by their hearts come to learn the secrets to creating wealth in a way that feels really good and live their purpose fully in the process. I'm your host, Patty Lennon. I'm an ex-type A corporate banker turned intuitive business coach. I'm also a wife, a mom to two preteens, a professor, Girl Scout leader, and well, hey, you get it. Like you, I wear a lot of hats. Whether you're looking for inspiration to get started or strategies to get growing, I am here to help you create abundance in every area of your life and business. Welcome. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of the Wealth and Purpose Podcast. Hey, I'm Patty Lennon, your host. And before we jump into today's podcast, I just want to offer that if you have small children, listening at this time that you turn off the podcast, listen privately, and then decide if you're going to share it with them. Because I'm going to be talking about a topic that I think is better contextualized individually in each person's family. And that is the murder of Ahmad Aubrey and the racial inequality that is happening right now. Now, specifically, I'm speaking and I'm going to be speaking on this podcast from my perspective. And the reason I'm doing that is I think there's this very difficult dynamic we've gotten into where there's an us against them feeling. And the us and them isn't that clear. It's There's lots of us, uses and thems in this conversation. There is I'm technically, I guess I'm considered a spiritual white woman. And there's been a lot of criticism of spiritual white women in the conversation around racial inequality. And for good reason, for good reason, because there are many women, white, who claim a spiritual platform and yet ignore major, major travesties that are existing in our world. And I'm not going to talk about that, but in that case, you know, I can be clumped into the thems, right? And I want to be an us. (laughs) It's interesting because a client messaged me about this topic that I'm going to be talking about. And even the way she messaged me made it feel like I was over there and, and she was in a different place. And so as I talk about this, I want to make it clear, I'm speaking from my perspective and I'm sharing what I have been going through mentally about this, how I'm making my choices on how to respond to this and offer it to you as, especially if you're a white woman, that this is just how I'm navigating the situation. And if you want to join me in in what the best I can come up with as to the way I can participate in this in a helpful way, then I want you to join me. But I don't want to make it seem like I'm yelling at you to do something because I, I don't know that that gets us anywhere. I don't know if yelling at each other is where we need to be because truly I know if you're listening to this podcast, you have love in your heart. And if you have love in your heart, then there is absolutely no way that Ahmad Arbery's murder isn't hurting you right now. And I've made an assumption that you know what I'm talking about. And if you don't, and this probably applies more to those of you in the States, Ahmad Arbery was 
shot and killed by two white men who chased him down when he was simply going for a run. And their explanation was that they thought that he had stolen something from a construction site. They they believed he might be someone that had been stealing. There's so many problems here that hurt my heart. They hurt my heart as a mother for Ahmad's mother. Yesterday, as the time I'm recording this, yesterday was Mother's Day, and I spent most of yesterday actually thinking of her. Just how excruciating it must be for her to know that her her child is not with her because of the color of his skin. I, I can't I can't even wrap my head around it. I can just understand the rage and the frustration and the fear and the anger that must be there. And, you know, Ahmad is certainly not the first African-American man to lose his life because of the color of his skin. I am not that foolish. But I think this one is a little more disgusting and distressing because it's so clear how wrong it is. And and that's not okay. We need to be we need less evidence to make us wake up to what's happening or I need less evidence. I should need less evidence. And and I've been aware of what's going on and I've done what I can do, but this particular situation has made me feel like I need to do more. The reason is that there's film. There's film that the two white men, the lie that they told was a lie. You know what he did you know, what they claim he did and even the way that they they said it went down where they were being, they were just defending themselves is a blatant lie. And what's more d- disgusting than that is this has been go. this happened on February 23rd and here we are in May before something was done. And the only reason something was done was because the film came out, the video came out. But when these two men were known to have killed this boy, the prosecutor decided not to pursue charges. And that I don't understand because I also am a deep, deep lover of our constitution. I really do believe as dysfunctional as we are sometimes in interpreting it, that it is a beautiful document. And I believe that our legal system, when it's working the way it should, really is a good system. I think there's many dysfunctions inside of it, but there are reason for laws. And two men pursuing another man because they think he might have stolen something and then having guns in that pursuit, none of that adds up. None of that is legal. At minimum, they should have been arrested. At minimum, this should have been investigated long ago. And it's not. And this is making the truth about how it works in our country, glaringly obvious. So I had put a post on Facebook the day that I found out, and I said, I don't know what to do, but I'm choosing not to look away. And I put that there intentionally as the state that I was in at the moment I heard it. I know things I can do. I do. But in that moment, I felt powerless. I truly did. And some people added comments and one woman in particular 
an African-American woman, said that I should use my social position to bring awareness to this. And that's hard to hear, not because I'm unwilling to do it, but simply because it's hard for me to believe I have social position. I, I don't know what that is. And yet I know that that is proof of my white privilege, right? That's proof of my privilege that I don't understand that there's a difference, that I can't feel it, right? But I have to act as if, and I have to be willing to hear. And the thing that has made me so uncomfortable in the midst of all this, I've realized, and and I am being really vulnerable with you right now because I'm there is some discomfort here. There's a lot of discomfort here. Is that part of the reason I don't say as much is because I sometimes worry about getting it wrong. I worry that I'll say something that will hurt more than it will heal. I worry that I'll say the wrong thing or focus on the wrong place or miss the most important piece or I'll ask a question that's offensive or I'll consider a point that is so that makes my obliviousness to my white privilege so obvious that others are questioning how I could miss it. And I think that that's an unfortunate environment that's been created. And I don't know how we've gotten here, but I know that we have. I know that this is part of the issue is that white people are afraid of getting it wrong. But the problem is there's no one else that's going to step in and get it right for us. You know, we have to do it imperfectly. And right now that is hard for me. My Probably my biggest wound from childhood is the fear of getting it wrong, is getting yelled at because I, I got it wrong. And so, you know, I got to deal with that, right? When stuff comes up that challenges us, that makes us uncomfortable, it's natural to go back to our coping mechanisms. And for me, it's only do the things you know you can get right. But that squeezes out a lot of space for solutions. And that's a luxury that I can no longer afford myself. And so I'm putting myself out here saying, I, I don't know what to do, but I can tell you what I am already doing. On the chance that you are looking for some suggestions, if you are a white woman, especially if you are a white mother, what I know I can do and um, what I am already doing, but I'm looking for more because quite honestly, what I'm doing feels fairly ineffective. I know it helps, but I don't feel like it helps enough. But the first is I'm saying it out loud. This is not okay. And it is not okay for anyone to look away from this. It isn't. It's not okay for me to look away from this. It's not okay for you to look away from this. And I rarely make demands on others, but this is the one place where I'm going to say this. We really have to look because I know if you're listening to this, that you have a loving, beautiful heart. And if you're looking away from this, it's because it hurts, but we have to sit with that discomfort. We have to sit with the uncomfortableness because if we do, that's when we're going to find our answers. So what I have done is I've asked my children 
you know, do they understand what's happened and what do they think of it? And, you know, one of my children said that he did know, but basically he didn't feel like it was important because it happened in the South. And so his belief was it was happening down there and that's the South and that's not us. And that tells me I haven't done a good job of showing him where it is closer to home. That for him to be able to make that choice in his head and think it's somewhere else or that somehow because it is in the South that it doesn't matter, you know, he's getting on close to an age where he, he and his friends will be driving and his friends with black and brown skin are potentially at risk in a way that he isn't. And I don't think I've done a good job yet of making him aware of that. And that's on me. I've got to do that. He is someone that is very justice oriented. So when he feels the truth of something, he will rise the occasion of defending the the party that needs to be defended, but he needs my help figuring out what that is. I've also taught my children the history of racism in our own family. Although the older people in our family that really carried that racist, the overtly racist dialogue are gone, it's important for them to know that exists because it might be there hiding in the shadows of something I say, and it's important for them to know it and for them to know those stories. I've given money. I've given money to organizations that are supporting policy reform, that are studying it, that are looking for solutions. I have prayed. I've heard criticism of you know, the time for prayers or light and love is over. I don't think that time ever comes. Honestly, I think if everyone who said they were praying was actually praying, we'd be in a lot better shape. But I'm praying. I'm praying. I let my kids see that I was crying yesterday, even though they worked so hard to make it such a good Mother's Day. And when they asked me why, I explained that Ahmad Arbery's mother was not holding him on Mother's Day. And that's not okay. I have discussions with my kids when we're watching a movie and people of color are portrayed in ways that make them in need of saving or the bad guy or something other than the hero or the protagonist so that we're seeing it for what it is and turning off movies that are blatantly not okay in the narrative that they they feed. And right now, for as much as I can, I'm using this platform to speak up with the fear that I might be getting it wrong in the way that I'm doing it. There's been a lot of criticism of spiritual white women, and I think that is me, the spiritual white woman. Because for those of us who are white women who claim a spiritual platform, if we are ignoring things that are tragically, disgustingly wrong in our backyards, how are we spiritual? And I agree with that criticism. And I hope I'm not that person, but I I don't know where the line is. I don't know how much is enough. How much a, how much effort is enough? I mean, I know we're way past enough bullshit. I know we're way past enough lies and looking away and racial inequality. I mean, all of that 
yeah, we're way past that. But where is the line where I know I've done enough? And that's what I've been pondering and the reality I came to. The realization was enough comes the same way it comes with every other situation that I've ever talked about. It's where I stay with my discomfort until I find what my soul's truth is. And as I work through my discomfort, answers come. And the reality is the discomfort is still there. The deep sense of loss and frustration and pain that I feel around this issue is still alive for me. And so I haven't gotten to the place where I will know my enough. But I can take what's right in front of me and I can do what's right in front of me. And that's what I'm doing right now. I'm speaking to you. I'm putting money in places that can help. I'm staying conscious with myself and then with my children. That's what I know I can do right now. And probably the biggest thing is I'm staying with my fear of getting it wrong and not letting it control stepping away from the conversation because it would be so easy right now to believe that someone else is more expert in this, that someone has some answers and I'm just going to let wait for them to step forward and share their wisdom. Because the reality is I don't think waiting for that is good anymore. I don't think that that's okay. And so that's where I stand on this. And if you're looking to make a difference, I don't see you as other. I see you as one of many and that we are in this together. We are all in this together. And so if any of the things I'm doing have been helpful to you, then that's wonderful. If those don't appeal to you, that's that's okay. If they don't call to you, if they're not aligned with your heart, that's okay. You find your own answers. The one thing I ask is don't look away. Just don't look away. Stay with the pain and the discomfort until you find what's true for your soul. Don't numb it. Don't deny it. Don't walk away from it and think someone else is going to do it because I don't think that there is someone else now. It's just us. It's just all us together. And it's what we do as a collective. One of the women that commented on my post on Facebook mentioned this organization if you're looking for someone to donate to, the African American Policy Forum. So I've spent some time researching them and I really like what I see so far. I'm not an expert on them, but I put it out there as one resource. Also, the NAACP started a campaign over the weekend that hashtag we are done dying campaign. Look at that. Educate yourself through that. There's some very important information associated with that campaign. Beyond this, there are many, many issues around racial inequality in our country and in our world. And I think each of us needs to decide now, where are we going to be inside of this? Because there is no outside of it, right? I think sometimes we look for that as, can I just step away from this? Can I step outside of it? We can't. I can't. And so that's where I sit. I always love tying up the podcast with a bow, with some point, with some summary. 
with something, but I don't have anything like that right now because there is no bow to put on this issue. The only thing I ask is spend some time feeling this, please. And just see what your answer is for you. See what's right for you. And certainly if you have any experience you want to share with me, I'd love to hear it. You can email me, patty at pattylynn.com. The only thing I ask is share from your perspective. Share what you're doing. Share what you're um, listening to, what you're reading, what you're consuming, where you're giving. Tell me what's working for you and um, why it's working so I can learn from you. I send you my love. Hey, thanks for listening. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, please share this podcast with them. And if you're feeling really generous, I'd love for you to leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. It helps us reach many more people. And it fills my heart with so much joy when I hear what you had to say about what you heard. I am cheering for your success. Have an amazing day. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.